Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As we say, release the hounds regarding major transactions. The Mets have brought in a Bassett. Chris Bassett dealt over from Oakland, and that highlights what we're talking about today. Actual hot stove baseball talk. Actual players in actual Port St. Lucie, Florida, where there are actual palm trees and an actual team that's built to, dare I say it? Dare, dare. Win the National League pennant. March madness of a different sort. Major trades, a free agent frenzy. Let's dive in and get all caught up right now. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. So with Carlos Rodon and Clayton Kershaw and a bunch of others off the free agent market, Zach Greinke probably was the best remaining starting pitcher other than, oh, I don't know, Chris Bassett. The Mets moved to make that deal. You want depth? This is suddenly Crater Lake up in Oregon. You got Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Taiwan Walker. Now you add an AL All-Star from last year, the Toledo, Ohio native, the former Oakland A, Christopher M. Bassett. Josh Lewin with you, middle name redacted. We will talk about the latest moves today with a lot of moving parts already. You got the 99-day lockout having ended. Our lives are now free to resume. Bassett comes aboard. So does native New Yorker, the righty reliever, Adam Ottavino. But first, let's get in on the new starter, Mr. Bassett, who wore number 40 in his time in Oakland. If he's 40 here, he's the new Bartolo Colon. I still kind of miss the old one, don't you? So to get Chris Bassett, two pitching prospects go the other way, but not the big league bats he thought might have to go away. Not Dom Smith or Jeff McNeil, for example. But you got uh, the former Mississippi State star, JT Ginn. Poor Buck Showalter is down a Mississippi State guy right away. Adam Oller also goes in that deal. He's not so much a prospect, but a success story. He's a late-round draft pick who found something last year at the age of 27. Bassett, speaking of the number 27, uh, that's how many wins he's got in the last three years. 11 losses, a 3.26 ERA. And on a list of pitchers in that time, with a minimum of 200 innings, only six pitchers out there have a lower ERA. DeGrom, not enough innings to qualify. But Bassett behind only Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, and Zach Wheeler. Uh, He's earned some down-ballot Cy Young votes each of the last couple seasons. He's allowed more than four earned runs one time in his last 41 starts. Stuff-wise, he's not overpowering. He's got a four-seamer that averaged 93 miles an hour last year, but he's really a a complete pitcher. He's got the plus command, a six. I said six-pitch repertoire. He's got enough soft contact that he gets to, to more than make up for the fact he's not Mr. Strikeout. Reliable, sturdy. Uh, pencils in as one of the best number three starters in the league. Boom. Oakland A's legend Dave Stewart tweeted out, 
I love Chris Bassett. Love his leadership, competitive nature. The man stopped losing streaks, and the next day he roots for his teammates. The man never makes excuses. He's a media delight, never dodges a tough question, but you'd better be ready for his answer. Sounds kind of tasty, right? I mean, you, you get Dave Stewart singing your praises. You got some street cred. The only minor concern, I guess, is Bassett, remember, was the guy hit in the face by a 100-mile-an-hour line drive last August. Facial fractures in his right cheek. He required surgery and a liquid diet for a good amount of time. But uh, remarkably, he returned at the end of last year to make a couple starts. He does have a home road split of some note. 2.5 ERA at home, about 4.4 on the road. So he loved pitching in Oakland, but at least he's moving to another good pitcher's park in City Field. The Mets might still be in the market for another starter. I mean, you got Carlos Carrasco still and Tyler McGill, David Peterson are the next men up for that number five starter spot. And with Bassett now here, they've already kind of fixed that hole without giving up any of their top prospects, although Gim was was pretty high on the list. They have kept their payroll below the uh, what we're calling the Steve Cohen tax level. I like this deal a lot for the Mets, although if Ginn becomes a 20-game winner someday, we'll revisit. Bassett, a former 16th-round pick. He's now 33 years old. He's four years removed from his Tommy John surgery. Since that surgery, about a 3.2 ERA, they're going to need him right away. Because remember, even assuming DeGrom is fully healthy now, the Mets are going to tread carefully with Jake, make sure he's good for more than just a dozen starts this year. Scherzer hasn't pitched since he was unable to start Game 6 of the NLCS for the Dodgers with what was called the overcooked right arm. He's in great shape. But he is 37 years old. He's got 2,600 career innings on that odometer. Just saying. Carlos Carrasco also made only 12 starts last year because of the hamstring and elbow issues. He'll be 35 on opening day. You've got Taiwan Walker, who went into the death spiral in the second half last year. 7.13 ERA after that all-star break. So while Mets officials, I think, are very rightfully excited about what it's looking like on paper. You got these five starters with big-time, big-league track records, including Carrasco. Here comes Bassett. He offers, to me, a way better insurance policy than the Mets' next level of depth. I mean, the Trevor Williamses and the guys we talked about, like Peterson and McGill. As for the bullpen, Got to welcome back to New York, Adam Ottavino. Yankee fan, not a Mets fan growing up, truth be told. He was in the stands as a 12-year-old for David Wells' perfect game. He developed that bewildering looping slider in 2018 playing for the Rockies. And he's been on bigger stages with it ever since then, Yankees and the Red Sox. We all remember the controversial quote from a few years ago about how if Babe Ruth played the day, I'd strike him out every time, then all of that. Uh, we can get into that at a different time, maybe with Adam when, when we get to actually talk to him. But the story I love about him, if you go back a few years now, he ended up becoming very inventive, trying to hone that slider. He needed a place to work on that. Normally, he'd be working out with Steven Matz. That was his uh, throwing partner out on Long Island. He would travel from the city to Long Island. They worked out together at a facility out there. But the commute and the practice time was starting to put a strain on the family. He had a two-year-old at that point. And Matt's picked up and moved to Nashville anyway. You might remember, got engaged, moved to Nashville, loves the area. Uh, You may recall he signed with St. Louis, very close to Nashville. I think there was a lot of that for Steve and Matt's. But anyway, uh, you go back to him needing to find a throwing partner to keep working on that slider, living in Manhattan during the offseason. 
If you know the area a little bit between West 124th and 125th on St. Nicholas Ave in Harlem, there is a street-level commercial space between a Dollar Tree and a Chuck E. Cheese. And that is where Adam Adovino got busy. Uh, Matt Harvey was asked if he wanted to be a throwing partner, maybe somewhere else. He said no. So this was the only thing he could find. And you know who found it for him? His father-in-law. His father-in-law is a real estate developer. He had this vacated commercial property. It's a former Nine West shoe store. And here you go, Adam Adovino. You get me a signed bat from Nolan, uh, Nolan Arenado, and you can use this space to work out and, and throw. A great deal for everybody. There's a block from the A and the C trains, a short commute back into the city. Worked out great. Brooklyn native as Ottavino went to Northeastern University in Boston. Bright guy. We say welcome home to a man who's always worn zero as an O for Ottavino. And now that Marcus Stroman is a Cub, maybe we can, can see zero being run out there again. Adam Ottavino essentially is going to replace our old friend Jerris Familia. So you know how the Phillies always struggle with bullpen flammability? They think they fixed that issue by signing Jairus Familia. And look, we all remember he had the, uh, the 50-ish save season. It was amazing in 2015. Pretty good for most of 2016, obviously, until uh, the very end. It was strange to see Familia that one summer as an Oakland A. It's going to be flat-out bizarre to see him as a Philly uh, the Phillies are a team the Mets played 19 times this year. Familia, a key piece of the Mets bullpen dating back basically eight years. 469 games for them since he came up in 2012. Only John Franco and Pedro Feliciano pitched in more games for the Mets ever. So, see you soon, amigo. I wish that guy well in, let's see, 143 regular season games this summer. Not the 19 he'll play against the Mets. We know with the, the Bassett trade, uh, again, you're talking about what's in the farm system still. And again, maybe the second best pitching prospect behind Matthew Allen, who went under the knife for Tommy John last year. So you've traded again, you've traded Justin Dunn, Anthony Kay, Simeon Woods Richardson. There's no real minor league starter on the horizon for the Mets anytime soon. 80% of this year's rotation potentially eligible for for a free agency this winter. So it really is a win-now kind of feel to this. The Mets' remaining area of need, uh, I would maintain, is lefty relief. Andrew Chafin and Brad Hand are both still available as I record this. We'll see if they still are by the time you're listening to this. But as for the guys on the team right now, here's what we know. A little after 9 a.m. Eastern Time Saturday, that's when Max Scherzer first got up onto a mound in Port St. Lucie as a Met. And he had just spent four weeks acting as one of the central voices for the Players Association. It seemed like he was more than ready to just get back to actual baseball. Three and a half weeks till opening day. It's going to be a quick ramp up for Scherzer and the others. Scherzer told reporters he likely will be stretched out to the normal 100 pitches by the start of the regular season. Uh, and also Scherzer, when he talked to reporters, had big praise for his new skipper. Says Buck Showalter reminds him a bit of Jim Leland. Jim Leland was Scherzer's manager for a season in Detroit. Brandon Nimmo spoke to reporters, said that there's a hope that extension talks might get going here during spring training. He's been in the Mets organization, what, 11 years now. Wow. And really since 2018, very quietly, this is one of baseball's most efficient hitters. If you look at on-base percentage, the only guys ahead of him are Mike Trout, Juan Soto, 
and Bryce Harper. The issue has been health, as we know, neck, wrist, back, etc. Let's see where all this goes now that Nimmo is 28. We'll see if the Mets want to engage him in that kind of discussion. Got some uh, other fries at the bottom of the bag to rifle through here. It's like we went through a drive-thru and and we're just kind of rustling around. When the Mets open the season, we mentioned it'll be in Washington now. The first home game, not until Jackie Robinson Day, April 15th. So, the Mets have pushed back the dedication of the Tom Seaver statue to that April 15th date. It'll be located right near the home run Apple, outside the Jackie Robinson Rotunda. I kind of hope that that means that the guy who puts the pipe in his dog's mouth and, and waits for tips near that apple. I hope maybe he moves on down the road. Uh, I mean, there are humane reasons for that. And also, I I don't want dog poop near the statue. I don't think any of us do. Other dates to circle on the old wall calendar here. July 9th, that's the Keith Hernandez Jersey Retirement Ceremony. August 27th, Mets Old Timers Day. So please do remember those dates. Next item, the return of Robinson Cano. He's back. After being suspended last year for the positive steroid test, he's 39, and he's 17 months removed from his most recent big league action, so it's hard to know what exactly he'll be providing here. Maybe figures into the second base picture, could be a DH. If the Mets deem Cano unworthy of a roster spot at all, they are allowed to say goodbye. They can do that, but... You know, he got $48 million that he's owed through the end of 2023. That is guaranteed money. They'd have to pay him anyway. Buck Showalter obviously eager to see Cano up close, making an evaluation. Not a lot of new managers doing that kind of thing this year. It's a very short list. You got Buck in for the Mets, Mark Kotze in for the A's. He replaced Bob Melvin there, who's now at the Padres, and Oliver Marmol replaced Mike Schilt in St. Louis. That is not a lot of turnover, all things considered. Above Buck Showalter and above GM Billy Epler, hot topic question, just how much is Steve Cohen going to spend on the Mets payroll? Remember, Cohen's fellow owners created this fourth-level luxury tax specifically designed to slow the Cohen roll. And we still could be seeing the first-ever $300 million MLB payroll. I mean, I know Steve Cohen's supposed to apply the brakes. Doesn't mean he's gonna. The The record for luxury tax purposes was the Dodgers' $298 million payroll in 2015. That's the year in which they were knocked out of the first round of playoffs by Daniel Murphy, David Wright, and Jake DeGrom. What else to tell you here? Spring exhibition games start St. Patrick's Day, although the Mets won't get going until March 19th. On March 18th, they're working on an intra-squad game that hopefully would be open to all the fans down at Clover Field. Again, they're, they're working on the particulars here. But on Saturday the 19th, they're at the Nationals in West Palm Beach at 6 p.m. First home exhibition game the next day, 1 p.m. first pitch that Sunday against the Cardinals. Some further reaching schedule notes, just to going ahead and flipping it to October. The wild card round going to be expanding from one game to a best of three. Those series will begin, no travel days, of course, on Friday, October 7. Looks like the World Series can still start on time Friday, October 28. That's what Fox was demanding and that they hold the cards as the TV partner. We're told the 2023 schedule is going to cut back on rivalry games and in their place, Kind of an NBA-like schedule now involving the chance to face every other team. Here's a breakdown. Division games, we're used to 19 against your your Braves and Nationals and whatnot. Sometimes it's 20. Uh, Now it's going to be 14 a year. You'll play a a three-game series at home, four-game series at home, flip it on the road. 
you've got another 10 opponents in your league. You'll play them six times apiece, so 10 times six, at 60 games. And that leaves 46 games of interleague play now, not 20. Every team will play its natural interleague rival four times, so it's like the Mets and Yankees. But as for the other 14 teams in the AL, uh, the Mets will be playing those teams for three games every year. Some years at home, the next year would be on the road. So if you miss Mike Trout at City Field one year, he visits the next year, just for example. And a reminder, yeah, the designated hitter permanently added to the NL as part of the new labor contract. The banning of the shift and larger bases and pitch clock, those things aren't on the books until 2023. But for this year, remember, seven-inning doubleheaders are gone, extra-inning ghost runners are gone, shuttled out of our consciousness now as well. Next up. You want to hear from Billy and Buck? From Billy Epler and Buck Showalter, we got them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so it's not Zoom calls anymore. You've got actual reporters actually on site. Billy Epler was asked while he was hanging on to his cell phone, by the way, and got to keep that puppy up at this point. Uh, he was asked, hey, look, you, you got a team in camp. That's great, but now what? You know, one of the things that we want to do right now is kind of open up that process of discovery, right? Who plays certain positions, fills certain roles. Um, I'd like to get to that stage. That, that's where I'm at. I mean, this is this has been really unique, right? It's like we're at the intersection of, you know, the winter meetings meets, you know, day one of spring training and all at the same time. And um, I actually talked to a couple, a couple general managers that were going to leave their spring training sites because they wanted to focus a little bit more and not um, you just have a lot of traffic, you know, around and stuff. So um, it's, uh, you know, it's been pretty... Um, yeah, it's it's been a pretty unique experience, um, but but I, I I really would like to to begin the assessment process right now. I mean, there's a lot of things written down on paper, um, but now it's time to bring it to life, and so that's what I'm really looking forward to. As for Buck Showalter, noting that Billy Epler was leaving his phone on just in case, Buck was asked, "What's his agenda right now, and what is he noticing?" You have these preconceived kind of thoughts. We all do. Watching a guy from afar, like I remember Lindor was in my office yesterday, and, and it hit me how big his hands were. You know, we're talking about quarterbacks' hands. It seems like in the, but he, he just how you know just little things like you know, uh, Ty was in there today. I'm going, good God, I didn't realize he was that big. You, you know, just little things like that. You're starting to put your perceptions and reality together. And one of the things, a lot of times, Billy's seen this. People start talking real deep about some players, and I kind of go, you know, I want to make up my own mind. You know, just, hey, I appreciate the input. But I think the players appreciate that a lot of them are. But you also remember the good things they've done. And you understand that, you know, you need to get that go right ahead. I feel like I'm in poker, like trying to hold my cards like this. You've been playing them real well so far. So, um, no, it's fun to to see the faces and now talk to them. You know, a lot of people have asked me, who'd you call first and whatever. I I did a mass text just so I wouldn't have to answer that question. So uh, there are some people that uh, 
it was nice to hear from the players very quickly. You know, there's a lot of things that were on their mind. So, you know, the thing right now is just having conversations with everybody to, you know, try to touch all the bases, whether it be pitchers, position, possible changes, what have you, to, to make sure they're not reading. About, you know, that I get their thoughts on it and understand where they're coming from on something before we start uh, start going down the, the point of no return, so to speak, before the season starts. When that cell phone rang, my question to myself out loud was, was that about Chris Bryant? Because I'm still so bully on that potential signing. Obviously, potentially third baseman Chris Bryant could play the outfield too. Uh, it is serious flexibility in terms of constructing a lineup each day, legit protection in the event of injuries. And his former Cubs teammate Kyle Schwarber is still very intriguing as a lefty DH type. If you remember those nine home runs and 38 at-bats against the Mets last year, you know about his huge power from the left side, kind of the, the Lucas Duda, Ike Davis kind of power that we saw when City Field first got rolling. You can make an argument for a lesser move in Eddie Rosario in the outfield, Donovan Solano in the infield. Rosario was the guy who won the NLCS MVP for Atlanta. Hit 560, yeah, 560 against the Dodgers. And primary half of a DH platoon, that's a possibility. His former Atlanta teammates, Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, could work. So anyway, I'm just so glad we're talking about this stuff again. So glad we're back to Monday through Friday now. We're going to need five days a week at least to go through all we got to go through. And as soon as UCLA basketball gets done with its first round games in Portland, Oregon, this coming weekend, I am headed down to Port St. Lucie myself. We'll start to get you guys some good actualities, as we used to call them in the news biz. Yeah, Portland to Port St. Lucie, number of direct flights is less than zero. So as soon as I can figure out a way down there, I, I will do that. Here we are at the end of the program. Time to meet that house band, our Mets in the Morning house band, our keyboard guy, Darren Oliver. And slapping to bass, another dentist, Dennis Cook. The horn section, Xavier Nady. And on the drums, yeah, that was Bartolo Colon. We, we mentioned him earlier, and look, he's on the drums right now. The drums are shaking. They're scared. Oh, Bartolo is a gentle giant. He's not going to hurt you. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for listening. Monday through Friday, ladies and gentlemen, Mets in the morning. Take care.